This is a wee bit of everything. The podcast that explores all things sport and teaching. Hello there and welcome to the A Wee Bit of Everything podcast with your hosts Lewis and Clark. Thanks for coming back to tune in to this week's episode. We really are amazed by all the support we have received from everyone so far. Our partner of the podcast is Premiership Experience who have played a big role in helping us develop. Premiership Experience offer fantastic sports tours within the UK and abroad so be sure to check them out on Twitter at Prem Experience. This is a professional learning platform where we get ideas and insights from like-minded professionals. Our vision is to inspire, to teach and to entertain. So let's get started with this week's episode of A Wee Bit of Everything. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the A Wee Bit of Everything podcast. We are hosts Clark and Lewis. This week on the podcast we have head teacher from Trinity High School, Alison Craig. Alison is a former PE teacher and tonight she's going to share some insights and experiences and her highlights throughout her career. And well, predominantly as a PE teacher, I think that's what we're most interested to find out, Mr. Burrow, what are you saying about it? Um, I'm, delighted to, I'm delighted to have Alison on. I'm looking forward to hearing about her uh, PE teaching experiences and a wee bit about her senior leadership experience at, at the minute as well, as an aspiring leader myself. And um, I quite like you saying Clark and Lewis here. You got me listening, say my name first. And so now we're going to touch on uh, Alison's most memorable experiences and the tough challenges along the way as a PE teacher. And then we're going to touch on what she thinks the value of PE is in our schools. So, so listen in for that. And then we'll finish off with how to give high quality feedback during our PE lessons. So without um, without any more chat from us, we'll get Alison on the podcast. You're about to say without further ado, but I like how you changed that one up there, Mr. Burrow. Well done. <laughs> well, I always try to keep it fresh, fresh for the listeners. You're big on that. Um, absolutely massive. Let's get it started. Welcome to the Wee Bit of Riveting podcast, Alison. How has your day been? Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been good. It's been a wee bit challenging, um, you know. But on the bright side, it was a nice sunny day, and it meant that the kids could get outside. And a sunny day also always means a kind of sunny disposition with the young ones, you know. And they can mm. get out at lunchtime, and you can burn off some of their energy to come back in for the afternoon. So it's been a good day, thank you. Yeah, that always helps. Having it was really nice up in Blantyre as well where I am. But then I went to go run after school, yeah. and it was like miserable. Forty mile an hour winds there. I didn't expect oh. it to come in. Sun was splitting the trees in Kirkcaldy all day. So, was it oh, lovely? Aye, beautiful. Uh-huh. Lovely. It's, it's a nice drive coming home when you get. Well, I say it's a nice drive. I always moan about the drive because I'm, I'm about an hour and a bit to work. But on the way home, um, coming over the bridges and that, it's beautiful when the sun's out. So, can't yeah. complain with the, the drive this yeah. afternoon. But, are you quite enjoy this drive home sometimes? You stop over for a wee sleep, don't you? Are you nah. up? <laughs> I, I don't think there's any. a member of the PE department um, who plays um, for a broth as well. And when he's going up to his training and things like that, he's got to get his, his power nap. You know, ah, it's, he heads up for training. So, yeah, power definitely. nap. Definitely. Aye, 100%. Aye, definitely. We were up there actually last week, weren't we? Two weeks ago, seeing our broth playing the Scottish Cup against us. Ah, we went up to support. I was on. It was a student at um, called aside when I was on my probation year, but we know they are both manager as well through the podcast. Yeah. Um, so oh, that's him, right. I saw that. Aye. We had him on the podcast, but aye, it's a bit of a journey. But it was a good day. Yeah. Aye, it was a miserable day, mind you, when we went up. But it was. Um, aye, it was good nonetheless. I know. Right. So, um, Alison, you where is it? You work then? Is it? Is it Trinity? Hi. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Um, Head teacher at Trinity High School in uh, Rutherglen. Um, I'm very actually live in my catchment area, so I don't have. I, I, I kind of fall at my bed and I'm there in school in five minutes. So I'm jealous. Yes. <laughs> and, and so snow days even don't apply to me anymore. Ah, well then. Uh, so I can get my wellies on and, and, and get to school. Get there. Um, so yeah, um, Trinity High yeah. School is um, where I currently am and have been for quite a while. Right, nice. So would you, would you be able to give us a wee kind of rundown in your career to today then from? Um, yeah, kind of university and then through kind of your days at Trinity. Oh, good God, been back to university. You're, honestly, you, your uh, listeners are going to be like, my God, switch her off. <laughs> um, I, went, I went to um, Dunfermline College of Physical Education, which was in Cramond in Edinburgh, and I went there in 1980. 
and um, it was a fantastic facility, you know. And I was a girl who's born and bred in well, bred in Castlemilk, um, brought up in Castlemilk in Glasgow. So it was definitely a, a different experience for me. So I did the four years at um, Dunfermline College, and it was an all-girl college. And the only time we ever got to meet the, the male students was a, a Christmas or a summer disco, I think it was, when they had a disco with the guys for Jordan Hill. Is and it? from the girls, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, so, so was it Jordan Hill old guys then? Right? Jordan Hill, yeah, Jordan Hill. That, see, it? this is it. I'm going back way, way back. So Jordan Hill was for the male PE teachers. And that was called the Scottish School of Physical Education. Um, right. So that was the pre I never, I never even knew that at all. That's the first time that's actually emerged. So we've had people on speaking about the Scottish School of Physical Education, but I had no clue that it was an old guys one. No, 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 no. Yeah, it, it was all guys. Um, I don't know why they felt they had to keep it separate, but anyway, that's maybe a different story. Um, so yeah, the, the guys were through there, and, they, and it, it, there was quite different in the kind of methodologies, I would say, about how um, both campuses worked. Um, but uh, I, so that's where I started, and then in 1984, I got my first uh, <clears throat> job. And back then, you did two years probation, so I got my first job in John Bosco in the Gorbals in Glasgow. And mm -hmm. um, I think um, that's Tony McDade, he's a former pupil there um, as well. Um, so I did my first year there, and then after that, it was only a year's contract I got at the time when I committed teaching in the the. the the positions, there wasn't a lot of jobs going around, so I was very lucky to, to get a position. And then I moved down into Dumbarton, and I worked at the time, it was called Notre Dame, it was an all-girls school, and I was also um, point four in additional support needs. Yep. Um, it was a school called Auchintoshan in Dalmuir, so I was in there for two years. I did PE teaching uh, in there, and that was quite a challenge, working between the two sectors. You know, going from mainstream to ESN and ESN, obviously back into the main street. But I learned millions, um, mm -hmm. and I take my hat off to you know any member of staff that works in the the, the ESN uh, school. The, the job they do is phenomenal. Yep. And I learned a lot there. Agreed. Um, then I went full time to to Notre Dame, and um, I was there just I think a year or two years, and then I got the position of acting a PT um, of PE. And the school at that time was undergoing a merger with um, St. Pat's High School in Dumbarton. That was the, the, the male um, equivalent to Notre Dame. And I was lucky enough, the merger took about three years. And I was lucky enough again to work with some fantastic colleagues there. And a substantive post holder, who was, there, was a guy called Phil Ward, who is a substantive post holder of um, St. Pat's. And um, we ran the two sites, but then when the school fully amalgamated, then Phil took over, um, and, that, and that was great. I then moved in 1990 to Trinity. Um, I went there as a senior teacher way back then. I don't know if you'll know about the senior teacher posts. Um, and the, moment, the main reason for moving, I loved our lady in St. Pat's. That's what the amalgamated school was, is, was called. It was a great school. Um, but however, by that time I had my daughter and I was having to leave, like yourself, I was leaving at half seven in the morning and then I'd be going down to Dumbarton, I would be getting in there at the bell just to really build up a traffic over the years and then I'd be doing netball with the school team in Glasgow at night, driving away back down to Dumbarton. Mm. You know, so a lot of work. I, I wouldn't be getting in at like eight o'clock at night, you know, and I'd be win. so... Um, the job in Trinity came up and again I was very lucky to secure that and I kind of stayed in that post for I think about eight nine years before I kind of felt a bit kind of moving on. Was um, that head of, the, head of department and senior teacher was that Well not a senior subject? teacher, no a senior teacher wasn't related to your subject, All right. it was kind of out with and you would maybe have my name as a senior teacher was at that time the kind of precursor to DYW right. um, and a wee bit I did a bit of attendance and I did students and things like that as well that was my remit there um, you only got a period a week for it you know so definitely get your money's worth out of you uh -huh. um, and then I moved to then I was lucky enough to get the the PT's post uh, at Trinity again and uh, absolutely loved it I had a fantastic department um, you know and people really wanting to take things forward and it just kind of built over the years. Um, and then I kind of felt that I got to the point, not that I felt that I knew everything as a PT or PE, but I got to the point when I thought that I could, I'd take the department as far as I could. Yep. And I kind of felt as if I needed a wee bit 
more development um, and then I went for Deaf group and um, I can't remember if I started my SQH, I think I actually started my SQH before I actually got my Deaf group's post way back in the day. Um, anyway, I uh, got the deputy's job at Trinity, um, lucky my responsibility was SQA curriculum and DYW, um, learning and teaching was mm -hmm. um, part of my remit. Um, and then again, I did that for about eight years and felt that I really kind of needed to spread my wings a wee bit. And I went to the authority as a QLO, I was seconded as a call to lead officer. And mm -hmm. again, my remit was DYW and uh, curriculum. And it was funny, I was talking, we'd a, we'd a new QLO for Trinity and I was talking to her today and she just came into the post and I would have said that anybody that wants to be a deputy or wants to be, um, or wants to go into management or head teacher, you should do that job. It is amazing what you learn across the sectors and the different colleagues that you see across the sectors is, mm. is phenomenal and just what you learn kind of in relation to policy just at that kind of wee higher level and uh, message that you can bring back down yeah into school and that was always my plan it was always my plan to go and do that for a year or two and then see what i could bring back um, in trinity you know to see how i could make things better for, for our young people <laughs> and then lo and behold i got the, the head teacher's post. So um, I've only been in position um, for a year uh, and most of my career has been in Trinity. Um, but I, I, I count myself as really, really lucky. Really lucky. Brilliant. See, so, see, just one, one wee question. I see in terms of when you're going through like your headship and all that sort of stuff, what's the, what's the process you need to go through? I've never asked anybody this. All right, okay. So when you, do you go for interview, well, when I did it, it was a Scottish qualification for headship, so the qualifications right. have, have now changed, but I think mm -hmm. the process is more or less the same. So you apply to your authority, your authority will advertise, you know, that anybody wants to go in um, to, 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 to do into headship. Yeah. And then you go through, you put your application form in, and then, and you probably maybe have to have maybe looked at having done something in a whole school. Mm -hmm. okay, or, um, you know, led a kind of whole school initiative. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. What field it is, but you've kind of led a, a whole school initiative, and then you go for interview, um, and then you know you, you get the funding. You know, the, a lot of it can be down to funding as well because I thought it gets so much money. I mean, you can obviously fund it yourself, but it's yeah. quite expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I was lucky enough. Um, it was a, a lady called Dennis Alexander at the time who ran the SQH for Strathclyde University. Um, and uh, I was very lucky that she interviewed me and obviously saw something and uh, I got into the course and it was, um, yeah, it, it's a good course. It's a real, it was a good course. I enjoyed it. And so is it like, obviously there'll be assessments and stuff like that as a... Oh, aye. It's just uh, like, yeah. how many years? Is it like a, a year or...? Well, it, it, it's over two years, <laughs> two years. Um, that, that you do, the, but you can have breaks. I, did, I had to have a personal reason, have a break in mm -hmm. between when I, I did my, and then you've got a project to do. So you do essays. A lot of it's to do with your context back then, you know, you were investigating, you know, your, your own context. Yeah, yeah. Then you would pick something within your school that you wanted to drive forward. Yeah. And for me at the time, it was promoting positive uh, behaviour. It was kind of an... And um, that all, the, you know, the, the promoting positive behaviour kind of came to the forefront, you know, the kind of forefront, as opposed to calling it, um, you know, discipline or um, mm -hmm. bad behaviour, better learning, better behaviour. It, it kind of moved more to that kind of real kind of positive, you know, like reinforcement as opposed to, you know, that, that kind of negative discipline word. Um, uh, and that was my, my project. That's what I did that one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then you've got to do your beat at the end where you, um, you know, you've got to present to your colleagues and things. So yeah, it's got good. You. Yeah. And you, you think when you think of applying this? Um, maybe I don't know if I ever will to be honest with you. <laughs> well, baby steps for me, I think. <laughs> I, think I think obviously one of the things in my career is I don't think I, I never ever made a conscious decision that I wanted to be a, a head teacher. No, never, just goes I, in that way. But it's no, interesting. I, it's interesting what you said though, how you felt like you can run your course as a PT and then you, you know what I mean. It can fizzled this way out and you felt like you needed that next step. So maybe that's what will, what will happen as a classroom teacher and then I might get the bug to. Similar, similar to what you did. Yeah, Never know. I, I think what you had as well. I did. I had somebody who encouraged me, but I also think as well that, that you know yourself. You know yourself when you kind of feel, and it's not that you still don't give your hundred percent of your classes, or you gave your hundred percent. I think you get to a point where you think actually 
I need, for me, I need to you know, progress mm -hmm. myself. And by progress yeah. myself, I'm going to have a positive impact on yeah. um, you know, the school. So and you get more influence. Yeah. Kind of widen that scope of influence. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I, hopefully, hopefully that's it. <laughs> well, Lewis, as long as you don't think you've given too much to this podcast and go away and leave me. <laughs> I'll be the head of the podcast shortly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right then, Alison, just kind of onto your time as a PE teacher then, just kind of reminiscing a wee bit, what are your most memorable experiences and then maybe some of the, the main challenges that you felt along the way as a PE teacher? Oh God, do you know what? There's probably quite a lot of stories I wouldn't be able to tell on here. Um, <laughs> we always thought a, a brilliant podcast would be, right? Would be like a, an anonymous podcast, just people come <laughs> on and share like the funniest stories that have ever happened well, in their school. I mean, but. In my in my school already, and I know you. In my school already, they've got a book on my one-liners. You know that escape, uh, the escape out of my mouth, and I do and and and, and parents <laughs> as well. And I've said the wrong thing. Do you know what I mean? And I had a parents' night one night, and it was. Um, I've got a colleague in the school who's still there, a, a, a Mr. O'Donnell, and he just started at, at Trinity, and I said, look. And I think it was just out of his maybe probation, and I said, look, sit here. So getting all the parents and everything, you know, let you know how this all works. So I'm sitting there and um, the couple walked towards me and, and there was only one seat and I said to the lady, I said, look, would you mind, I'll get you a seat for your, your, your father. And she looked at me and she said, that's not my father, that's my husband. I thought, right, okay. <laughs> so that was off to... <laughs> off to a fire. Uh, you just want the ground to swallow you up there. Yeah. I know, I know. I had, I, I, but, but I'm quite good at, you know, just kind of letting it go over my head Aye. and just keep continuing. And Mr O'Donnell did really well. He just stood there and never said a word. Just look, never even laughed. So that, that was <laughs> but, um, And that was before you could have a mask. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but anyway, that, that, was, that was back in the day. But um, I think for me, um, if, I, if I think it's both a memorable one and a challenge that um, I was very lucky when I came into to teaching is when also certificated PE came on, you know, so, so don't think that's all, it's never always been there. Um, and it was a standard grade, was it standard, it was standard grade back in, in the day. And I was lucky enough to be in a school where we piloted um, the national certificate. And it was, as I said, it was standard grade back in, in the day and, and obviously as a P, a P, we, we, we didn't do written work you know and this was a whole new thing so we had to you know go and you were in different courses and you were working with different colleagues and um, and then the biggest challenge was the credibility for the subject mm -hmm. and you know back back then you know because it was re remember that PE classes back then and still do just now have 30 and are regarded as a non-practical subject because Back in the seventies, when they were doing the, the kind of changing the class sizes and everything like that, um, and I'm, I'm going to put it down to you, football guys, that they said that you couldn't have twenty in a class because you needed twenty-two for a full-size game of fitting. So that was the reason why they became, mm -hmm. um, you know, still thirty in the classroom. But having said that, um, for me it was about you know making sure that our young people actually had um, recognition for the skills that that they had. And I thought, well, why shouldn't somebody in PE not be recognised the same way as somebody in music or somebody in drama or somebody in art? Because it's a talent that they've got, mm -hmm. but also it's an ability that we can develop. And then when you looked in at the other side of PE in regards to, you know, back then, you know, it was how the body worked and there was a wee bit of uh, physiology in it. Um, uh, a wee bit of anatomy, wasn't it? Uh, anatomy, in fact, that there was a whole lot of kind of different things in it, which were, was pertinent to um, you know, a lot of the wee pa the pathways that young people were wanting to go on. So for me, that was both memorable. It was dead exciting, really exciting being in there, um, not without its challenge, because as you would probably guess, um, because we were still fighting for the subject's credibility, the, the, the young person that we tended to get, you know, wasn't, you know, what, what you would call um, probably your more academic young people. And I hate to use that terminology, but... You know, so you were, you were dealing quite a lot of the time, you know, with children had, that were quite high tariff or had high needs. Um, and basically, the, the management team at that time had just thought, right, we'll just dump them in there because that's somewhere for them to go. Mm -hmm. And then I would say that we fought for that credibility over the years, you know, to get PE to the standing where it is now, seen as a valuable contribution, you know, a young person's uh, pathway. Mm -hmm. um, so that would probably be one of my most memorable and, and challenging um, times and again 
doing standard grade and then trying to push it on to higher. You know, that was my, the next step. So that, that was when I became a PT. That was my, my, my biggie. Back then, I had to fight really hard with the head teacher at the time to get um, the higher into the, the, the subject. And um, that took me a wee while, but he, he eventually gave in. And my, my most memorable part of that is in our first year of presenting higher, we were in the top 10 in Scotland for results. But it was all downhill after that. But I'll still take that. We were in the there top 10. So that was great. Um, but I think probably one of the most memorable things for me was when um, I just had started. To, and it's a silly thing, but it was the first time a kid came up and said thanks for something that I taught them to do, um, you know, and, um, and it was a forward role of all things. Um, but it was just taking them through all the building up of the steps to it, you know, um, mm -hmm. and it was just that gradual build up for them to play that. And at the end, they just felt, oh my God, I did that. And um, so that's kind of really memorable. Yeah, it makes, it, it makes it rewarding, doesn't it? When you, when you get that oh. wee bit of thank you at the end, even have a lesson, it makes you feel, oh. if you've given something purposeful. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I I think it's I uh, you know I, I when you get your thanks, you don't need to get it verbally. You know, when you're young people, you can just see it in their face yeah, or, or the excitement right. that you get in the, the you know the class. And I would always say that as a deputy, that was my saving grace. See the periods that I get back to go into the classroom. Oh, that that's usually would save my week. You know, the fact that you're back in there with the rains and it was it was great. Mm -hmm. Do you still get? Do you still get that as a head teacher? No, is that completely? Well, do, well, I, you, you do, I don't. Obviously, I've I've not been back in my tracky. Although there was a couple of weeks ago where I thought I was going to have to get it out because my numbers were decimated in the PE department. Uh, right. But it, yeah, well, sometimes we go in and I do. Like, I'll do a please take, and I did have one before Christmas there, and it was um, a, a fourth year group of lads, and they're, they're doing hospitality, and again they're quite a challenging bunch of lads, but they're great, great kids. And we sat and watched um, Gordon Ramsay do roast potatoes. Right. And it was great because at the end of it, you know, quite a few of us were sitting saying, right, that's the roast potatoes we're going to do for Christmas dinner. So when I came back after Christmas, I, I went back into the class and I said, right, how many of you did Gordon Ramsay's? So to be fair, a few of them had done it. Um, that's good. I, 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 always, I recommend Gordon Ramsay's roast potatoes. Gordon um, Ramsay's tutorials are fantastic. On, yeah, I, so they, well, they did say there was one there a bit nice. I said, well, we're not going there for that one. <laughs> we'll just say the one with the, 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 the roast potatoes. Um, and a couple of them had done it. So the joy of the classroom is, is, is always there. You know, you never know what you're going to get, basically. Aye, I know. It's <laughs> mental. So unpredictable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, what was I going to say? So, see, in terms of when you were getting like the, you were saying trying to get the credibility of the subject when it went into like being certificated and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. How how difficult was it to get it? Like, was there a lot of like trial and error with it when it first became like a certificated subject? Because now I still feel like there's a lot of obviously like moderation and people still trying to get everything consistent in terms of, like marking and all that sort of stuff. So, I can only imagine what it was like then. Obviously, when it was first starting out. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. I mean, we, we did a folio. Um, and again, it was quite funny because I don't know how many of the folios the kids actually did as opposed to the staff did. And that, I think that was one of the reasons as well, they took away the higher folio. Mm -hmm. uh, I think because most of the time, you know, it was the staff when you were doing your marking of it, you know, and you were giving the feedback, you were practically writing the, 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 the folio for the, the young person. So it, it was difficult because you didn't have anything, you know, there was nothing to, to compare it from. But you just kind of, um, you know, again, you get your course outline, you know, you, you got the areas that you had to cover in, in the course. And I guess the thing was, it was really weird because going from that practical gym setting as a PE teacher and sometimes to do the folio, we couldn't really, because of the way the folio was in there, you couldn't do it as part of a practical subject because it didn't lend itself to that. So we would take them out for a, for a period a week. And that was really challenging because classroom and the classroom's a very different place to a gym hall. I don't mm. care really mm. what anybody's saying. I know, I know. Definitely. Yeah, they're very different place. Um, so we had to learn techniques there. And, and um, when I moved to Trinity, I had a fantastic um, support for learning. There was a fantastic support for learning department um, and the head of that department. And the, 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 the tips that she gave us, you know, about you know, when you're in the classroom, how to start your lesson, you know, what, what are the kind of key things that you would do first, the order of questions even, mm -hmm. um, and how you would get kids to elicit response. 
um, was really good. Um, so there was lots of people that you could, um, you know, pull on for, for advice and support, as you still do today, you know, yeah. uh, you, know you, you would still go in, you know, and if you've got a difficulty a class or a particular subject or concept that you're trying to get across, the best thing to do is go and watch somebody else in another department mm -hmm. and right. see them try to de deliver a difficult concept or something in a kind of similar line, um, you know, to yourself. Um, so, yeah, it was challenging and it was hard work. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I think my husband, I'm, I'm laughing because my, my, my husband, I met my husband just before I went to college and the number of dance routines that this guy had to do and the number of, you know, like things that, you know, that I had, he had to do so that I could make sure that I was teaching, you right. know, the rights, you know, so, and he's not, well, he's a, he's a design and technology teacher, but um, he wasn't back then, so right. he was my guinea pig, so, yeah, there was a lot of, um, I, there was a lot of learning, um, but um, worthwhile. Yeah, right, so she, uh, she, on you go, Clark. No, on you go. I was going to say that it just reminds me that <laughs> two weeks ago when um, me and Cassie, I was I had to do a dance lesson with one of my S1 classes. So Uptown Funk on, I was like, that's an easy one to get your counts at eight to. And then I was like, we're just practicing that just so I could get it right. Still forgot it when I was mid midway through trying to teach it. But anyway, it just reminded me of that. It was funny. No, I'll tell you, I had one, well, and if I go back to a memorable experience, and I know I'm going back the way it was, um, I, uh, when it was the all-girls school, a lady in St. Pat's, the head of department there, who I've recently come back in in contact with, um, a Mrs. McGinley, who was fabulous, she loved dance, right, and she was very, she, again, she was one of these really innovative people, you know, and she'd always look for ways, you know, to try and, you know, get opportunities for, the, for for young people, but she loved dance. But anyway, so she came in, I think it was in the, 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 the June, and she said, Alison, she said, we're starting a two-year dance course. And I thought, that's wonderful, that's great. Who's teaching that? And she went, you? Now, if you've seen me dance, I am not, do you know what I mean? I ended up going to ballet romber lessons up at the Scottish Ballet to try to be able to teach these young um people how to dance and it wasn't a good experience can i tell you the young people taught me how to dance i certainly never taught them how to dance well, so they were, um, i said they were creating their own dances <laughs> i uh -huh, that that said you know here here's a chair what can yeah. we do with the chair i so i did a lot of that <laughs> that's what you did yeah, like, yeah, yeah. see in terms of the assessment then alison mm -hmm. for p back when it was standard grade i know yeah. like, at the moment obviously it's a one-off performance so you're almost like assessing them in that 20, 30 minute game throughout, throughout a full year. So it's like a kind of one-off mm -hmm. performance as, as it's called. So see, with standard game, did you assess them throughout, a, was that like two sports, was it throughout the block? Kind of, or, 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 or what was it like back at the start when it just started? You, you assess them in every activity. Is that every activity? Uh, yeah, and then there was a fairly complicated, and then you picked up their best two. And there was a fairly complicated um, method of how you worked out the weighting, which right. I can't remember, to be quite honest. I just remember it was always complicated. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, again, you try to give the, the young person, you know, the, the, the best public we Like, nothing, you would assess them anyway and all that because you're still trying to find out what is their best activities. Uh, yeah. You did, you assessed them in all the activity, and then there was a... Now, I'm trying to remember if it was two or four activities we assessed. And then there was a waiting thing and all that. Yeah. And yep. then the folio was sent away. And I can't remember what the the waiting... I think it was... If I remember first, we hired... We hired initially, the waiting was 60-40. But the 60 was in favour of the written paper. Was it? Um, yeah, I, I had the weight was more towards the written paper than it was the practical performance, and that that took a bit of you know fighting, and we eventually got that back to fifty fifty. We got it to fifty fifty, and then I think it's at sixty forty now in favour of practical. No, it's oh, still, it's still, 50 /50. still it's fifty fifty. But no, it did go sixty forty. I think. Yeah, we did. At I one, remember at one point sixty forty because right. again. And it was trying to get parity with other practical subjects, you know, because mm. I think at one point, you know, the, the, for music, that music has still, its practical weighting was still higher than what the PE weighting was. So mm. again, there was lots of fights by people, you know, in a better position than myself, you know, that took on that, that fight and, and, and won it, thankfully, for, for, the, for the subject. Yeah, I think that's what holds, holds back a lot of people's in PE as they're in work, like their, their ability to write in detail, because... You know, you look at the higher exam, it's like 19 out of 50, the average mark. So it's like yeah. well, well under 50%. And then the portfolio is just sitting over 50% average. So 
You can see that the the written work does hold them back. But a lot of these, you get a lot of these national professional ones now, don't you? Like we offer sport and rec, which is a really good course yeah. for them to build life skills in the sport industry. And there's, yeah. I'm sure there's lots more out there that most schools are offering now as well, rather than just national five and higher. Well, I think that's a good point you made because I think when that when, at Trinity, that was when, apart from that first year, as I said, you know, then I mean the results were, were always good, but we then realised that the cohort there was a cohort of young people that went from the standard grade to, to the, the the higher course back at the time, and they weren't they weren't cutting it. The gap was too too big. Mm -hmm. So back then, that's when we introduced um, sports development. You know, yep. sports coaching development. So we, oh God, when was that? That must now have been about, must be about 15, 20 years ago. We, it was just when that came brought in, we brought in that entry right. for them. Um, and it was, again, it was to try and capture, you know, the attainment for that kind of group of young people. Yep. And even once they did the higher PE, you know, we, we, we do that, that course as well. Um, but it was, again, it was to make sure that they got something, you know, because it felt as if it was just too big, a, it was too big a jump. Um, you know, form and that kind of just fitted in quite, yeah. quite nicely. Yeah, it's the same with our school. It's good that they can pick, they can still take higher P, as you said, and yeah. that. So it's in two different columns. So you, you actually get a good mix of yeah. you know, young people in the class. You get ones that are doing higher and the kind of uh, ones that aren't quite ready. So it's a good yeah. mix and they push, each, they push each other on it. So it's a good group. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, Alison, still kind of on the, the, the topic of PE then. So on the podcast, it's kind of regularly cropped up with some of the, the guests that we've had that PE is a beating heart of our schools. So in your opinion, what value does physical education have in school? It's the beating heart of the school. Yeah, agree, agree with that statement? Yeah, <laughs> that's the answer I'm waiting for. I, I think, you know, that obviously in, in my position over the years, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people and no matter what their subject is, their subject is the beating part of, of the school, whether it be English, maths or whatever. And, and it's great. And, and, and I wouldn't expect any, anything less of somebody from another subject area not to say that, mm -hmm. you know, because if you're teaching a subject, then you're teaching that because you're so passionate about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think, you know, and I, I'm hoping none of my, you know, my, my staff are saying, I do think that PE, that there is something special um, about the PE um, department and PE teaching. I think we get an insight into young people's lives that maybe other subjects don't get. Maybe I believe they get it a wee bit more now, particularly maybe in English with their essays and things like that now. But I think we're in a unique position that we, we see kids out with their comfort zone quite a lot of the time. Um, and we get that unique opportunity to see them in that setting and, and, and we, we can find ways to, to try and support them and try to get them over that kind of hurdle. And I think one of the things for PE teachers, it's the, the, their ability to uh, develop relationships with young people. And I think that's probably because of their own sporting background, because most of them have been team players anyway. So they've got really good interpersonal skills and, you know, they're good at working with people and competitive still. Um, but they can, they're competitive, they're cooperative, um, and they just work well um, with, with people. And in all my career as well, everybody always wants to be a PE teacher. Never so much in the winter, but they always want to be a PE teacher in the summer. If you ask anybody, would you want to be, I want to be a PE teacher. And um, mm -hmm. that would have been their first choice. And there's a reason for that, I think. Uh, and I think it's just because, of, like that, it's the nature of um, the, the, the subject. You get in there and you can be enthusiastic and you can shout and you can scream and you can you know you can um, um, be sympathetic and on one lesson you know and all within a very short time frame um, as well and I think for our young people as well they get to, to build that relationship with you um, so for me I think that the, the PE department is all about relationships I mean I think every department should be but I think PE is all about um, relationships and I think that's why it's probably the beating heart, you know, of, of any school. Um, and it is always usually as well, and a lot of times, the, the, the place where people go for people to help them with extracurricular activities or start extracurricular activities. And that's not to say, I would say in Trinity, I've got staff across the, the wealth of all subjects, you know, that, that, that contribute to extracurricular. Um, but yeah, I do think there's, there's just something about um, the PE. Um, and the fact is, as well, it is a core subject, you know, it's one of the few core subjects, you know, so the reason for that, you know, the fact mm -hmm. that, you know, we su can support the emotional well-being and definitely the physical well-being just now, because for a lot of our young people, 
particularly now getting into clubs either economically or because of COVID, you know, has been difficult, you know, so physical activity for them is maybe the only time they get physical activities when they're in school, um, which is very, very sad. And then again, you know, physical activity has a positive impact on mental well-being. Yep. Um, you know, um, and again, for a lot of our young people, you know, whether it's just even them being outside into the fresh air, they might not, you know, be doing very much, but just being outside in the fresh air and walking about or just even being able to chat to somebody else, um, you know, that that's where I think that's where the, the, the main value comes. We're in a very, he's in a very unique position where we can go, um, you know, we can teach a lesson in the street. You know, table tennis in the street, you can go outside doing hockey or football, you can be in a wee gym and you'll do a fitness circuit, you know, that you're very adaptable, you know, to your mm -hmm. circumstances, um, and but to try and make it as best an experience as you can for that young person. So, yeah, I would agree. Even yeah. even like with extracurricular and all that being like back up and running in full flow now, like it just creates such a buzz about the school and the, there's oh. just so many talking points, the kids are loving it and it's just, it's so good to see. Well, it was great last night. Um, our, our first years were playing a, a football match, so at the end of the school day, I, might, I just got down for 10 minutes just to, to see them. But, you know, it was like that. It was that excitement. But, you know, it was yeah. great as well. It was the parents where they were watching them uh, as, yeah. as well, you know. So you're, you're getting that all back. Aye. Parental engagement. Aye. Mm -hmm. No, the, the, the extracurricular does create a good buzz about the school when uh, you're back so, competing in fixtures again, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Makes them feel, gives them like a like a, a sense of belonging or like a purpose almost as well. Uh, they feel like definitely. a part of something, and yeah. especially because we had a lot of the we've got so many boys that are down and girls actually for S1 football just now. And we've had like competitive and non-competitive like competitions and stuff with them and. Um, see, so just giving these pupils the opportunity that would never ever do it. Like it's just amazing. Like just mm -hmm. to see the, the the buzz on their faces and yeah, um, giving them these opportunities. By it's, it certainly is. It's great to have it back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but as you say, Alison as well. Like PE, it's so dynamic, isn't it? They're going through one area to the next. It's you have to be. I don't think a lot of teachers see that across the school as well, what it can be like in a PE department. I, I know, I do laugh sometimes, you know, when, when teachers talk about their classroom, and I think, and, I, and, I think, and, and we've got a big PE department, we've got eight members of PE in, in our PE department, um, and we've got a games hall and a gym, you know, so they, and, and that's, I mean, we've got outside right, facilities, but um, that's the only indoor facilities we've got, but they make great use of the street, you know, and you know, and and, and I saw like um, a lesson in a corridor because we couldn't get into a classroom and it was too well to go outside. You know, just adapting. You know, mm -hmm. uh, so and and I think that you know, as you said, PE teachers are very very adaptable. You know, yeah. and, and you know, you can make a lesson basically out of nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think you need, to, you need to have that, don't you? Um, or you'd be you'd be stuck. Yeah. Um, so from with a recent episode with Bruce Robertson, I don't know if you were listening to that one. I know off. Just before we came on, you were saying you listened to a couple um, of the teaching division, um, and we were kind of talking about different ways that um, you can make great teaching come alive in the class. So we're speaking about high quality feedback was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, students understanding, you know, how they're doing and how to improve is kind of two important things, and then giving them their next steps. But how would you go about if, if there was a working group set up, for example, um, to develop feedback so it was consistent and it was given? It's the same way to all pupils across different subjects. How would you go about kind of leading a group of teachers to achieve that common goal? Yeah, um, I, I, um, I don't know if, you, if you've heard of uh, tapestry. You heard of tapestry? No. No, no okay. Um, when Dylan um, Williams, I don't know, inside the black box, have you? Yeah, have you yeah heard I've heard of that. Well, I studied that at university, I think, yeah. an essay on it. Well, I was very lucky enough. I was lucky to be at a conference with him. It was excellent. Um, and, he, and he was one of these persons that just asked you a question, you know, and you couldn't hide. You know, he just came round and, and you had to answer. Oh, was that you got in Glasgow? Uh, it, was in, it was another Glen Town Hall, actually, we, 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 we had it. Just it wasn't long after I think the Town Hall had been done up. But anyway, I went there. Oh. And um, there was this, this programme, it's called Tapestry, and it's all based around Inside the Black Box. And it's all about teaching um pedagogy and um, you know different ways of you know trying to uh, develop teacher mm -hmm. um, capability um, and at the same time you know bring about improvement for, for young people and uh, tapestry was an initiative which 
uh, South Lanarkshire Council took on board and all schools in the authority were, and I think we were all involved in it. But the great thing, that time I was the head of PE and the great thing about it was there was no, and I know, I know this sounds terrible, but there was no senior management in the group. This was the whole part of the setup. Mm-hmm. So what it was, was a group of teachers to get together that were interested in learning and teaching, you know, to, to, to make improvements within the classroom. And what we did was we got together as a group every, once every kind of four weeks. It was, we tried, it was voluntary mm-hmm. and you didn't do minutes or anything. So nothing went to the head teacher and the, the time the head teacher was a bit annoyed at me about it. And I said, but it's a bit empowering staff and sometimes, you know, staff you know just be due to confidence or whatever won't speak up or talk to a, a member of the senior management team or the head teacher so anyway i had a great group with a group of about 10 people okay and i was the chair of it and the chair there was just leading the activities as i said it wasn't taking on any kind of minutes or saying yeah that's what we're doing or that's not what we're not doing and what we did is we worked through his um pedagogy you know the different things for um um, for feedback, for assessment, yep. you know, just to make people learn. And I'm sorry, Alison, Alice, was that like eight, eight teachers across? The school. Was that just the school, the same school? Just the school, right, but okay. it was happening in all the schools across the authority. Right, okay, so it was that, right. Uh, so we, you started with, first of all, was learning intentions. Now, back in the day, we didn't really do learning intentions, so it was about finding out what learning intentions was, um, how do you make a good learning intention and what does it look like and then what happens was then as a teacher you took it you tried it with your classroom and then you had a critical friend so mm-hmm. you and somebody else in the group would pair up and you'd arrange a time to go to their class and see them deliver the learning intention and see what the impact was and then you would do the same with them and then after the, the kind of four weeks, we'd come back to the group and then we'd all kind of share our experience. And the great thing about it was as well, everybody could have a five minute moan at the start. So you were allowed to get off your chest, whatever it was had gone bad <laughs> that, that, that day or that, that week or meantime. And then you spoke about the, the initiative that, that we were trying out. Um, and, and, and it, was, it was great, you know, and staff really um, enthused about it because it was, the first thing was, it was good because you were reading them down the, the kind of pedagogy. So you picked up at a Williams work and you looked at that and you researched that, mm-hmm. which is a difficult thing for teachers to do because they're so busy. Mm-hmm. But that was all there for you. Do you know what I mean? So everything yep. was there for you. You did that. And as I said, then you went and tried it. And then you came back and, and we shared how we did it or, or, or what made a good learning intention and what wasn't a good learning intention. No, that's really good. Brought about discussion. Yeah, you're talking about your teaching. Yeah, you're talking other. about teaching, yeah, and you're talking about your experience. And that methodology was used throughout the whole of the tapestry programme. And of course, it, it talked about feedback, you know, what makes good feedback. Um, and I think what we've done as a school is that we've actually taken that model from a way back then. It's still the model that we use today. So mm-hmm. it's still the thing that our learning and teaching group uh, in the school, they lead what we're going to be looking, focusing on in learning and teaching in, in, in the school. And of course, one of the things is feedback. Now, what I would say for feedback is I think PE teachers are really, really good at giving feedback. Okay, because I think when you're in the classroom and you're analysing a young person's performance, you've got to give it back instantly, you know, because if they're doing a layup shot and they're taking off with inside foot, well, they're never going to get, they're never going to reach yeah. high enough to be able to get the ball. And right away, you can pick that up and, and, and we're very precise with it as well you yep. know and i think that's probably one of the things about if, if we look at feedback it's about having only that kind of one focus and feeding back on that focus if you give too much feedback it gets lost for a young person mm-hmm. um, but i would say that that's one of the skills that PE teachers have or are very good at in that practical context picking out that that wee thing and telling them what to work at and giving them the practice to, to go and do that so the, the way that I would do that, that's the way we do it. We do it in Trinity, you know. Unfortunately, we've not really had in the last couple of years many kind of um, classroom visits. But as I said, our learning and teaching group decide what the focus is. Right. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the departments will look at that and then they'll work on that in their classroom practice and then we set that up. But another good way um, as well is the five-minute walkthrough. I don't know if you do the... 
do five minute walkthroughs. Is that just like lesson observations for five minutes? It's a more informal kind of lesson observation and um, and we do that as well. Um, And you're kind of working, and and the good thing about that is is that you're you're kind of working on, um, I don't know if you heard of Lynn Sharrett? Lynn Sharrett, it's it's kind of five key questions that you ask a kid when you, you go into a classroom and you can find this out in five minutes. And the first kind of thing you're going to ask them is you're going to ask them what are they learning. So if the teachers get good learning intentions and success criteria there, you'll know they'll be able to find that out right away because you can mm-hmm. because they'll be able to tell you what it is they're doing. You know, or we're learning about um, oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, we're, we're doing algebra. They're doing some concept in maths or in, in PE. We're, we're, we're talking about decision making in the fast break. You know, if they can tell you that already, you know that the kids are on board and they're already engaged because they know what the purpose of their lesson is. Then you're going to know how are they doing, you know, so how are you getting on and how do you know how you're getting on? Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to say, well, okay, there's a success criteria. So if I can meet this, this and this, then that means, you know, or if I'm not meeting it, then that's when I know I need, I need to get some kind of extra help, you know, from um, somebody. And that's when your feedback comes in, yep. you know, like the kind of different methods of feedback that somebody might use, you know. And I can say to a kid, I say, so how do you know to get better? And they'll say, oh, well, I'm working with such and such to do this. Um, or the, the, the teacher's given us a practice, you know, to do it and I have to work specifically um, on, you know, the, the, the timing in my pass or, or, or who I'm passing to. And then you can say to them, well, again, you're going to kind of, how can you improve? And then the last thing you're going to kind of ask them is, again, is where do you go for help though if it's still not working? So these are five questions that you can ask in five minutes, you know, when, you, when you're in a class. And, and, and it's really it, it's really informative because it's amazing what you, you can get. Because if you go into that lesson and that kid will say to you, if I go in, I'll say, and I'm taking PE as a, as a lesson, I'll say, oh, what you learn in the day and they say basketball? You kind of go, right, okay. And then you've maybe got to dig a wee bit, uh, dig a wee bit deeper. A bit actually, I, so what is it we're actually learning in basketball? Um, and that'd be across all the kind of subject um, areas. So um, feedback, again, it's one of the ones where there's lots of strategies out there, guys, that you, you, you would know about. And I think being a Q, um IO, that's when I got into the primary sector and even the early years sector set in. And you saw different ways that they delivered and see if you get the chance to go and see your primary colleagues, go and do it. Because there we are, it's fabulous. And that's not to say your secondary colleagues aren't good, you know, mm-hmm. but the primary mm-hmm. sector are, are, are fabulous. Their feedback and the different strategies that we use. But you'll know, um, you know, as well, you know, you've got your two stars and a wish, um, or you've got your yellow box. And I think the key thing to remember is when you're giving feedback to a young person is give them time to work on it. Yeah, mm. to practice it and then give them it again. Yeah, I think you do that in PE, don't you? Like you give them a good chance to go and practice it, and then you go and work with someone else, and you go back and. Mm-hmm. And I think, as I said, that's why I think PE teachers uh-huh. are really good at giving feedback because you do that and you give them that, and then you see them, and then of course when they come back the the next lesson, you know your five your start activity the start of the lesson is then going away and working on what you were working on last week, so they're working on retrieval and everything mm-hmm. else, you know, and they're in, in the mix as well. So I don't know if that really answered your question. No, I did. I don't know if I went off tangent there, but no, that was a really good uh, kind of process you went through there with your the working group that was mm-hmm. up and running about how they can uh, look at research and then go to the the group and sorry test it out in the practice and then mm-hmm. share it, share kind of their experience with their colleagues. That I was like, a really kind of good way to do it. I like the bit about like the the critical friend as well because I'm that's something I'm involved in as well. Masco is part of the learning and teaching working group, and um, it's something that we've been looking at is maybe having that. It's it's more of a kind of informal process, and I think that's obviously yeah. um, more welcomed by teachers, isn't it? Rather than having like a proper formal lesson okay. observation or whatever. I it's better to have. And was was that critical friend? Was that I guess in the same department? I no no. Could be across school. It was across the school, you yeah. know, so they, they, they just decided to, and, and sometimes maybe like practical subjects would maybe go with practical, um, but not always. So yeah. they, they just picked somebody. Sometimes if it was a friend that they had on it, um, you know, in the group, then that would be the person who they, they, they would go with, you know. Yeah. And across the school, you know, that the, the departments will do that themselves, you know, within departments, you know, they'll, they'll each look at, at one another and then what you did as well is that you would give a 
as I said, you would give a bit of feedback on it, you know, and again, just as you do with children, you know, you start off with the positive and then you would maybe say, oh, have you thought of this, you know, mm -hmm. or do you think that that might have worked? And, and, and that's the thing about the critical friend, as you say, it's non-threatening and, and it's yeah. on your terms because you've yeah. decided, you know, to, to do this. Mm -hmm. I like the way you're giving feedback and it's like, like Que almost like giving questions rather than saying oh you should do it this way or yeah. do you know what I mean it's like so how could you have done this like differently or it's just yeah. it breaks down those barriers doesn't it right away yeah. and um, you don't feel as much is, is it almost like you, it's as if you're not being your teaching's not being attacked or whatever like you know what I mean they're not having a go at it it's just suggesting different ways or asking you a question how could you have thought of that differently or something yeah, and, and I think that, that, that for anybody, I mean, I, I think even when I go in and do a classroom observation, I always do the classroom observation through the perspective of the, the young person. So I do the lesson with the young person and I'll ask questions the same way and I'll ask whoever I'm sitting beside, you know, well, how did you get to that answer or, 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 or whatever? Because I think that's a really good way as well that, uh, you know, that if, if I'm not understanding a lesson and the person next to me is not understanding a lesson. Right. Um, and, and that's not, that, and what I'm saying is that, that I think teachers very much will think, oh, well, I'm to blame. Well, actually, it's not about, it's not a blame culture. It's about actually thinking, right, okay, well, how can I deliver that? Yeah. How can I deliver that differently, you know? Yeah. And, or even at the end of the lesson, I'll say something, say, you know, I didn't really get, get that. Would there have been another way that we might have, you, you could have explained that, or it possibly could have just been me, I never got it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's always quite an important thing as well, you know, that if you're doing the more kind of formal classroom observation, you do it from the perspective of the pupil. Yeah, that's a, a good spin on it. I've never actually thought of that, like, because yeah. obviously if you're understanding it, then, you know, that's a, a good way to look at mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's the same with, like, the conversations you have in the department, the amount of kind of stuff you learn from informal discussions, yeah. just about how people are in the, in the department are doing certain drills or the yeah. st starter tasks. And you can learn just from chatting about your teaching in the departments. Yeah. Uh, pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, so, right, finally then, um, in your opinion, Alison, this is the last question of the, the main part of the episode. Yeah. It's the million dollar question that we were speaking about earlier. Okay. <laughs> what, make, what, what makes a high quality lesson, in your opinion? Well, what makes a high quality lesson? Well, I, I think, you see the minute if you, if, well, see for me, I, I, I'm so lucky I can get into, you know, I can walk into any lesson, you know, and, and it's just amazing what you see. And I think the first thing, is see if I go into a class and a kid says to me, well, Miss, come on, see what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Then you know it's a good lesson. So I think for anybody, and, and, and those lessons come about through planning, and from that teacher knowing her young people, or they, they him or her, knowing their young people, um, pitching, you know, the, 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 the lesson at the, the right level for, for, for every young person in that, in that class, and that's no easy, you know, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. Um, I think sharing the learning attention, the success criteria, so the young people know what the purpose of the lesson is, and they know what the end goal is, you know, they know what their targets are um, in there. And I think as well that chunking as well, you know, um, giving them enough time to get develop that understanding, you know, but also, you know, don't be, don't labour over, you know, an activity. So timing's really important. And that's, that's a difficult thing to learn, you know, but I think you learn that, you either got that naturally or you'll learn it with um, experience. Mm. Mm -hmm. But but for me, I know it's a high quality lesson if I walk into that there, and you know it's mm -hmm. they're engaged, they're talking, you know, um, you know they're talking to one another, or you know they're in doing their mind maps, or they're they're huddled over their experiment, um, yeah, they're engaged. Like they're engaged in the learning. Then they're, they're just they're they're engaged in it. And, and engagement. In fact, I was talking to another head teacher the other day, and I was saying, what does engagement look like? You know, does it mean just looking at somebody? And I think, well, I think it's you know, you're looking and you, but you can see it in the eyes. You can you can see people when they're when they're um, you know they're just devouring information. You know, mm -hmm. or that you know they're nudging their palate away because they want to, you know, be in on, on, on the experiment. And then when and when you go into PE and there's that 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 noise level, you know, but it's working noise. And, mm -hmm. and I don't think there's anything to beat working noise. You know, mm -hmm. um, I always sometimes get a bit of fear if I go into a classroom you know, and they're silent. I don't know if that's just a PE thing because we're not used to silence, mm -hmm. you know, but if you go in and they're, you know, there's nothing I kind of think. Now, there might be a reason for it, 
um, granted, you know, they're, they're maybe doing an assessment or, you know, they're doing a, their own kind of piece of work or something. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes your, your noise level can tell you, you know, but it's that good working noise. Yeah, there's that good discussion between class and the teacher. Yeah, aha, uh -huh, you know, and, and I think as well it's a good lesson. See if you see the teacher moving around and they're talking to the kids and they're busy, and, you know, and everybody's um, working. Um, yeah, and, mm. and I think your real key thing is, is relationships. And if you've not got the relationships with a young person, you, no matter how good a lesson you plan, okay, it's never going to be as good yeah. as if you know the young people and they know you. That's good. That's a really good way to finish it. Liz, you hear that there? No, no sitting on the bench tomorrow. Get up and moving the bench. <laughs> 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 Alice, I don't know if you noticed in a few episodes that you tuned into that he always likes to get his wee fly digs in there. So, so. I'll get him back. He's, he's, he's. I'm, I'm just waiting for the 100th episode. I've been plotting my attack on him for the full time. So. Well, listen. Well, listen. I'll get hey, you, know, you know, part, yeah, part of the podcast is to entertain, if I can say the word. <laughs> No, I think you um, summarised that well, Alison, kind of your, your top things for what a high quality lesson looks like. So some really good takeaway points here from the, for the people listening, certainly. So with the, the final part of our podcast, we do a wee quick fire round of three questions. So um, it doesn't even need to link to teaching or anything. It can just be, apart from the third one, the first two don't need to link to teaching at all. So it can be anything at all, all right? So... Number one, if you could have a giant billboard anywhere or in your hometown, what would it say on it? Well, we, we, when I was in the PE department, Richard Arnold made us all have our quote, and it's the one I've still got in my, my, in my office just now, and it's Nelson Mandela, and this is what I would have. I, it always seems impossible until it's done. Mm -hmm. you know, that's that, that's my, my scene. You know? And I think the number of times we have children that say, I can't do that. And I say, well, you've not tried yet. Aye, so, I know that's it. So we try to have a can, can do attitude. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Can I argue with that? Love it. Number two, which people or books have had the biggest influence on your life? Well, do you know, right, definitely. Um, for me, definitely my family and my friends. You know, um, and I think my, my own teachers that I, that I had at school and the ones along the way. But definitely, you, you don't get where you are if you've not got your family around you um, to support you. Um, and also your friends, but I would say my, my, my PE teachers at St. Margaret Mary's and Castamal um, were the ones that got me on the right path and, and, you know, started my journey. And then on the journey, I've met millions of great people, you know, um, you know that, that I've learned from. And, and if my one thing to your listeners is, is you know, the day in teaching that you think you know anything, everything is the day you chuck it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and get to see as many different people teach you know, across subjects and sectors as, as you can. It's amazing, you know, the talent that, that, that's out there. So, yeah, friends, family, and all those that I've met in the journey. Brilliant. But number three then, what top three tips, your top main tips would you give to our teacher listeners right now, or even our student teacher listeners as well, because so a lot of students tune into it, um, to improve the quality of their teaching? Right, I, well, I think I'll come back to the, the, the last point that I made in the, the, the last um, big question. And I think relationships are key. You need to take time, you know, to build relationships with, with young people. And, you know, you're, you're there to greet them. You try to find that commonality between you and them. You know, you understand that, the, you know, that the pressures that, that, that they're under and that they can have bad days just like you can have a bad day. Um, and always remember that every, every lesson's a fresh start you know, for, for, for our young people. So that, that would be my, my one thing. And then again, I think I've already said that I take the opportunity to see as many different people teach as you can, you know, and across the different um, subject areas. It's amazing um, the nuggets that you'll, you, you'll, you'll pick up. So that, that would be my number two. And I think continue to plan your lessons as I just said, because the day that you think you know everything is the day, you know, you know, to, to, to chuck it, you know, make sure you, that your lessons are well planned and that you've always got that wee extra thing up your sleeve if things go pear-shaped. Sometimes you inevitably do. In case you need to teach a lesson in a corridor. Yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. No, Alison, thanks very much for that. That rounds off tonight's episode um, brilliantly. So thanks for giving up your time tonight and coming on to chat to us. It's been great. Yeah, it was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Alison. Thank you, thank you, thanks, Lewis. Um, you, you made me very, you put me very much at ease. So thank you very much for that. that was, it, it was brilliant. Thank you, and it was lovely to meet you. Yeah, you too.
End of episode 91, Mr. Burrow. Can you kick us off with tonight's takeaway messages with Alison Craig, head teacher of Trinity High School? Episode 91, cannot believe it. What a journey no. this has been. What a no. journey we're on. I think we'll maybe go past 100. Eh? I think we will. I think I'm after, right. after I think, how we're feeling tonight, we won't in, stop. 200. I think I'm enjoying it too much to, to let it go. What I would say just before we move on to that is... is if anyone's got any guests that I think could add a valuable contrib- contribution to the podcast and saying this before the takeaways, because I know sometimes when you start speaking, you just turn it off, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's any guests out there that you think we could go on and give, have a valuable contribution to the podcast and have that voice for PE across the country. What was it you asked again, Lewis? Was it the, the takeaway message? Takeaways. Take me away. Might as be about the critical friend. Um, coming into your lesson to look at an aspect of your teaching, whether it's feedback and looking at how you're giving feedback, if you're giving them, giving it immediately, is it continuous? Is the success criteria linked to the feedback that you're giving? Because that would obviously give it a, a focus, as Alison was saying. So, uh, just a couple of wee things there um, that I would I could take away to my working group that I'm leading within my school for feedback and um, have that research element to it so we direct them to a particular paper or book or resource and then get them to come back and uh, share what they found and then go and try it in their teaching and then have that discussion about how it's how it's went for each each person in, in, in each class and then learn from each other. I think that's a really good a really good way to start. And then yeah. the critical friend element coming in and coming into your lesson to observe. Following that it would be a would it be the next step and she was also saying that PPE teachers are really good at giving feedback naturally with the way that we teach in a practical setting um, if it's a technique usually it's technique based isn't it when you're when you're teaching a practical subject trying to get their, their standard up for their more of performance so mm. it's, something, it's something that we do a lot of and but we're doing it we're doing it well that's a that's a challenge yeah. just to try and get it high quality yeah and no, I totally agree with that what would your key takeaway message be? I like what um, Alison said, and I think we can uh, fall away from this when we actually qualify after a probation year. Um, we don't do it as often as we probably should um, to keep our ideas um, fresh, like that word fresh. Um, <laughs> and that's go and see as many teachers as possible because you're really encouraged to do it when you're in, fresh, um, by the way, your haircut. Is that fresh? If only, fresh. If, if, only fresh it was, if only this episode was on YouTube, I know <laughs> um, it was to, to go and see as many teachers as possible within different subjects and she can learn so much from that in terms of how teachers are asking questions to pupils how they're actually stimul- stimulating is that the, the right word or how they're getting the, the pupils engaged in a good discussion do you know what I mean having those questions pre-planned so that they can um, pick and choose who they're answering have the people who they're asking planned do you know what I mean? Have, yeah. a, have, have, have everything planned, every wee key detail planned on, but it does help. No, no, no. Um, no you mean? Because you, you said last week that you were... Because you, know, you, always, you always feel like you're having the... Sometimes in your class you can always have the same core group of people that are always answering the questions. So it's, I suppose it's uh, you can see wee tips like that and it's something that's it's invaluable. You know what I mean? You need to... It's such a good skill to be able to do is ask good questions. And I think you can... That's something... It's not subject specific. Yeah, remember, 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 Brody, Brody said that as well. Brody Runciman on the TGFU, he was saying like have a couple of questions planned in relation to the game that you're trying to, like the game related practice that that they can then think about in terms of maintaining possession, creating space. Yeah, the kind of games concept. So he was, he was speaking about that, and I remember you going away in trial and that with your classes with your sport ed. So it's yeah. like, so it's just trying to have that, as you said, pre-planned. And you, would you say? Would you pre-plan on who you're asking as well? Well, it's it's a good idea to do that because then it means you're not asking the exact same people all the time or you're not having the same. So if you're like cold calling people to answer out in the class, you're not always getting the same answers from the same people. So you're actually thinking about, right, this is who I'm going to be asking these questions to. Yep. I mean, so it's, it is like, it's just having that up your sleeve so you can generate those discussions and you're getting, it shows, I think it shows that you value everybody's opinion. You show right. that you care 100%. what they're actually saying rather than, you know, you're just getting the same folk because then everybody else just switches off and it's just like you're chatting to... Yeah, the same people. What, what else was it you said you had up your sleeve, Ella? What did I have? My watch? <laughs> A wee hanky. 
<laughs> and that was before Christmas when I had the Rona. <laughs> right. Right, I think that'll do it. I'm no one for keeping hankies up. I don't, I'm no one for hankies, but I certainly don't keep hankies up my sleeve, but hey, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> right, that'll do it for tonight. I think that's another good episode uh, in the bank. In Absolutely. The right, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Wee Bit of Realism podcast. We really do appreciate you listening in and we hope you have a great week and get in touch if you have any questions or want to chat about anything that we've covered in episodes. Or if you have any other guests that you think would make a, a valuable contribution to the podcast, we are all ears, so get in touch. Thanks again for joining us in this week's episode of the podcast. We hope you've been able to take something away that you can implement into your practice or life. If you regularly listen to the podcast, then why not leave us a review to let us know how we're doing and where we can perhaps improve. That way we can take action and further develop the Obo podcast. Until next time, we hope you have a fantastic week. Take care.